30-minute reviews, beware of spoilers, and exploring hyperspace lanes are all available ad-free. But if you want to support the show, you can go to bewareofspoilers.com and click the support button that's available on the Spotify website. Thank you. Good afternoon, and welcome to 30-Minute Reviews, The Backlog Files. I am Adam, and this is going to be the last episode for a little bit um, of The Backlog Files. Not because of lack of interest. Actually, I think this this is the one that gets the most interest of the shows on 30-Minute Reviews. Um, but I only have a finite amount of time, and we have a, you know, a, a, a veritable gauntlet of games coming up. Um... Where it's like we have Super Mario Wonder, we have, um, what's the other one after that? We have, uh, um, you know, Spider-Man 2, we have Starfield coming out in a few weeks, we have the DLC of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, we have Super Mario RPG, there's just so much happening that I can't do that and also play old games. But regardless, that'll all be over on Beware of Spoilers um, as it happens. But until then, you know, we have this episode this week. Where we're going to talk about two games. Um, two games that take traditional kind of mobile experiences and port them to consoles or PC in a way that is uh, unique and fun. Um, we're talk about Sneaky Bus, um, which came out, I think, in 2020. And Retrowave, which admittedly, I don't know when it came out. Um, but both of these games, Sneaky Bus will do first. Snakey Bus is basically Snake, as the name would suggest. Snake being the game that's been around forever, where you are this thing that is going around. You have to eat these little dots, get the dot, and then just not hit yourself as you're going. Um, Snakey Bus reinvents that a little bit, but instead of having it be you can't uh, hit yourself, you can. You just can't come to a stop. Um, so if you, if you intersect with yourself and you hit it, that's fine. Uh, as long as you can rebound off yourself and, and keep going within, like, I think it's three to five seconds. And, and the goal of the game is to, you have to, instead of finding dots and eating the dots, to get longer, you have to go around to bus stops and uh, pick up passengers and then find other, you know, drop-off points and then drop them off. And then the more you drop off, the longer your bus gets, and the more passengers you can hold and your score goes up. Um, and I think what this game does really well is it, it commodit not commoditizes, but it gamifies the action of um, uh, collecting and 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 finding more stuff around the ma- around the game to do more more track types, um, you know, because like there's a cool one where it's like a globe with all these like broken things around it. There's like a, a cylindrical um, like tube kind of planet that you can go around. Um, there is uh, there's a traditional city, like a school bus thing, and then there are different types of buses you can unlock by getting your score higher and higher. And it is a, it's a kind of game where as your as your skill increases, the more fun you'll have, and as your as your skill increases, the more stuff you'll get. Um, and it, it feels like you're getting better at the game as it goes, which works really well. And I think it's a fun use of time. I think it's included in Game Pass, so it's definitely worth a play. And I think it's relatively cheap, even if not, because I. I originally played it on the PlayStation, then I played it again on the Switch. Uh, both times I didn't pay a lot for it, so otherwise I wouldn't... Like, it's the kind of thing where we've talked about this before with uh, with indie games, where the threshold for the amount of money I'm willing to pay for a game that I don't know anything about or haven't seen any endorsement of is pretty low. 
And the same goes for this other game, Retrowave, which I picked up on Steam for three bucks. Um, and I don't remember what the original game was called. Um, but I remember being in college about a, about a decade ago and playing this game on my phone where you are, it's an endless runner where you're in a car, you drive um, for as long as possible. There is multiple modes, like a time attack. There's like a, um, you know, there's one lane or all in one direction and there's two direction. Um, and you just drive as long as possible without hitting something and dying. And uh, so you're in this car, and then, you know, as you go, you collect money for, for the farther you go, the more money you get. And then you can use the money to upgrade your car or buy the next car up. Um, it's a pretty simple gameplay loop. The difference between this and the version on the phone, where the version on the phone has, like, you know, day, night, desert, snow. These all have a very um, 80s kind of synthwave vibe, 80s, 90s synthwave kind of vibe. With a soundtrack and all the cars are like, you know, 80s cars, you can customize them, you can do all this kind of stuff. And again, for three bucks, it's enjoyable enough. It's it's fun, you get to, you know, it's an endless runner in this kind of world, and you just kind of go as far as you can without dying, and it's entertaining. And I think the point in all this is that there are plenty of ways that we can take existing gameplay loops and gameplay paradigms and and reinvent them in a way that feels new and unique. I think games like this can showcase just how, you know, we, we do, innovation can occur even at the, the most base level, where it's like we're taking a game that is kind of fundamental to gaming. The Endless Runner is kind of a fundamental building block of, of the mobile game experience. The Snake is kind of a fundamental building block of gaming. It's been one, it's one of the oldest. It's like, you know, it is a, you know, I don't know if we could say it's a more rudimentary version of Pac-Man, but it is a, you know... It is one of the, you know, the the bedrock foundations of gaming. And we're taking them and we're, we're reinventing them with these. Unique art styles, unique visual languages, unique gameplay mechanics that are still kind of innately built into what this game is, yet feel unique and inventive. So when we look to what an indie game could do, I want to see more indies get into this space, get into the space of, let's take something we know and turn it on its head. Let's take something we know and, and see if we can and create something new with it. Uh, let's take something we know and, and build upon it in a way that's interesting and fun um, that will give us something cool and different down the line. And to that end, I mean, like, I... So I hope we get more games like this in the future. Uh, we'll keep this one brief, because really, again, the, the one thing is that because these games are so kind of foundational in, in their gameplay and foundational in their visual styles, um, or the visual styles which set them apart from being foundational uh, games, um, we're not going to go, there's not too much more to say on this. It's just, let's see more indies venture into this space. Um, and a lot of times when you do get something like this, you can get some cool things. I mean, we talked about Last Call BBS a few months ago, where it is kind of the same thing, where it's like there's a Minesweeper game, there's a, a Solitaire game, but they're packaging it in a way that it feels different, fun, and unique that these kind of games are are, are getting a bit of a, could get a resurgence. Um, but we'll wrap up there for today. Uh, we will be going live with a list of what movies we do intend to cover uh, impending in the future with, uh, with upcoming festival schedules. If you want to hear about my thoughts on the, the delay of Dune and the delays that come as a result of delaying Dune. Check out yesterday's episode. Um, and I think we're going to be doing a look back on The Equalizer 2 uh, this weekend or next week.
an equalizer three, but we'll see. I'm not 100% certain on that. We may be doing something else. We'll see. Um, or we may, we may end up doing another Backlog Files episode. Who knows? I don't. I mean, what am I, just the host? What do I look like? Uh, and, and, like, when I look at, like, uh, I forgot what I was saying. I paused it to answer a text, and I forgot what I was saying. Um, but we're going to talk about the other movies that we're going to be doing uh, at the fest- at film festivals. I have a, a preliminary list. We're probably going to cut it down a little bit further from here. It's also going to be ten- tentative based on what's offered where. But right now we have on the list, because um, I did cut out, um, what's it called? I did cut out uh, May-December, and I cut out Ferrari, because those are more expensive at New York Film. But The Boy and the Heron, uh, Poor Things, Zone of Interest, Hitman, Maestro, all Dirt Roads, Taste of Salt, All of Us, Strings, and Anatomy of a Fall are the movies so far at New York Film Festival that, you know, we'll see what we do and don't do, depending on ticket availability and what's showing where. Um, but, you know. And, uh, yeah, we'll wrap up there for today. So until our next episode. And, and, and for that, because of the cost that goes in the New York Film Festival, um, especially if we were to do, like, obviously we're going to cross out anything in Staten Island because getting to Staten Island is a pain in the ass and, you know, you got to, like, for me, I just go to Queens. I, I stay by my grandmother, take the, you know, take the, the bus and the train into Manhattan. Although getting, you know, into further other places in Queens is just as easily as Brooklyn as is the Bronx because of mass transit. Getting into Staten Island is a harder one. and Or you can just pay $20 to go to Staten Island via and, and try and find parking somewhere there. It's just... We're just going to eliminate Staten Island. So if it's screening Staten Island, that's not it. And then it's what is screening on the weekends, what time on the weekends, um, you know, what what works where. So there's a lot of things in flux there. And then if it's at Hamptons, we'll probably prioritize Hamptons because Hamptons is just easier for me to get to um, in a weird way. They're about equidistant from where I am, but it's it's just it, it's less traffic to get to and from Hamptons Film Festival. Um, and... Um, with the way the schedules come out. Um, But those are the movies we're going to do. So until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.